Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. I want you to come with me in your Bibles. Exodus chapter 25, Exodus chapter 25, verse 8. Exodus 25, verse 8. On the screen, it should come up behind me. It says, God speaking and let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them. This is God speaking to Moses and he's giving Moses instructions. And he says to this Moses up on the mountaintop, he's with God, he's been fasting for 40 days and God is giving them this download. They've left Egypt 400 years. The Israelites were bondage in bondage in Egypt, slaves. God delivers them with a mighty hand. They're now out of Egypt. They're going towards the promised land, but they're in the desert. And God calls Moses up to the top of Mount Sinai and he starts downloading all this revelation and the law and the Torah and everything comes down. And then he says this, he says, and let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them. According to all that I show you, that is the pattern of the tabernacle and the pattern of all its furnishing, just so you shall make it. And it goes on. It's really interesting. Moses was a vision builder. Moses was a vision builder. He went up on a mountain, had a vision of a tabernacle, and then he came down and he built that. So, you know, he, we're not the original vision builders. You know, we have vision builders and we have this building because of vision builders. When, we, when our men's ministry kind of uh, outgrew every campsite and every venue uh, because of vision builders, we were in a position where we could buy 240 acres. We have our own Emerge Ranch vision builders. We have Bressy Ranch vision builders. We have three buildings at Bressy Ranch vision builders. Boise started at Easter with 700 people at Easter, first service, and has had not had any less than two packed services every Sunday because we're able to buy the building right on the freeway. So we're able to start, you know, with a hiss and a roar and vision builders. We have Cherish Conference because of vision builders. We're able to put on great youth ministry and youth programs, vision builders. So Moses was a vision builder. And, and the, reason, the reason is because, and this is where it kind of lands tonight, Moses had the job of confronting Pharaoh and there were 10 no's, 10 times Pharaoh said, no, 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 no. 10 means test. God, God was testing. But on the 10th one, the death of the firstborn, the blood of the lamb, they're linked because God was prophesying it would be his firstborn who would come as a lamb and his blood would be shed to deliver us and free us from the grip of Pharaoh, Satan, from bondage, from slavery, from sin, from oppression and deliver us into the promised land. So with a mighty hand, they come out of Egypt. But now they're walking through a wilderness. The Bible says it was much shorter for them to go the way of the Philistines. However, God said, if I take them that way, even though there's water and there's supply that way, the children of Israel who have been slaves for 400 years might freak out when they are faced and confronted with war and many will turn back. So now what I'm going to do instead, I'm going to take them through a desert. I'm going to take them through a wilderness. The wilderness, the desert doesn't have shade. It's hot during the day 
and it's freezing at night. It doesn't have rivers. It doesn't have water. It doesn't have any provision. doesn't have any resources. Why? Why would God take them that way? Because he's trying to teach them that he is your all-sufficiency. That if you have God, he doesn't need favorable winds. He doesn't need favorable circumstances. He doesn't need a robust economy. You don't have to flee the state for God to bless you. You don't have to move to another place for God to look after you. God can bless you right here. The Bible says uh, the Bible says Isaac thought to go down to Egypt because there was a famine in the land and as he's packing up his house and getting ready and you know got, got his little you know little rolls and, and God's like where are you going? It's like well I'm going to Egypt. There's a famine here. And God says unpack your bag. You stay in this land and you sow in this land. He's like well uh, Egypt's doing good and there's a famine and the Bible says that Isaac unpacked his bag and he stayed in that land. And he sowed in that land. And the Bible says in Genesis 26 that he reaped in that land 100-fold. So the man prospered, became so prosperous that the Philistines envied him because he continued prospering in that land. You're better off in a land of famine with God than to go down to Egypt without God. Stay with God. So God says, I want you to build a tabernacle because I want to dwell among my people. I want to dwell among my people. This is, this is really interesting. This is where it kind of lands for us tonight. Because for 400 years, 10 generations, one generation is about 40 years. For 10 generations, slavery, 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 oppression, 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 poverty, poverty, poverty. Slavery is where you work all day and you have nothing to show for it. That's slavery. You work all day, have nothing to show for it. So God says, I'm gonna get you to take them through the wilderness, but I want you to build me a tabernacle. I want you to build me a place where, where my presence can come, where they can encounter me because I've got to take them from slaves to sons. Because right now they still have a slave mentality. Remember they said, we were like grasshoppers in their sight and we were like grasshoppers in our sight. We are not. No, no, no. They saw them. Nowhere in the Bible does God say, I delivered my slaves out of Egypt. God says, I delivered my sons out of Egypt. They saw themselves as slaves. God saw them as sons. God wants to take them out of being oppressed into a place where they are blessed. It's amazing that you can get set free from addiction and you can get set free from bondage and you can get set free from poverty and you can get set free where you're saved and maybe your, your parents divorced and maybe there was infidelity and whatever and, and now you get saved but some of those same mentalities dwell with you. The good news is God wants to deliver you. God wants to set you free. So you don't have to live with an oppressed mindset. Well, you know, it can't, if something's good happening, well, it can't last. You know, it's, it's something bad's going to happen. A wheel's going to come. No, 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 no. You can go from a place where you were oppressed, but not anymore. If you're in Christ Jesus, don't expect oppression, expect blessing. God takes you from oppressed to blessed. He takes you from he took them from poverty, having nothing, to prosperity where they were possessing the promises of God, the promises of God. So this is, this is the story. Now, you know, I was kind of sharing with our staff today that we get attacked in three areas, or at least I do. I get attacked in three areas uh, at Awakened Church. The first one is our political engagement. The second one is prosperity. And the third one is the power gospel thing. They're the three, the three things that we get attacked in. And 
we were in Israel about a month ago and we, we did a day where we went to this place, didn't, wherever Eric is, we went to this place called Caliber 3. Caliber 3, we got to train uh, with Colonel Sharon Gart. Colonel Sharon Gart today has 20,000 troops under his command. He trains the special forces, he trains the Mossad, he trains the IDF. While we were there, one of his guys just a couple of days earlier had to take out four terrorists in the shopping mall that pulled out a knife. That's, that's all that happened and because they're on it, they're on high alert all the time. And one of the things that Colonel Sharon Gard was telling us that when they hear gunfire, their people are trained, wherever they hear gunfire, he says that they, they, they train the special forces so that they run toward the gunfire. Most people run from the gunfire. They're trained to run toward the gunfire. And I thought, I like this guy. Because <laughs> if I was honest with you, when they're shooting at me, wait in church, they're, they're getting political. And they're sh- I, I run towards. <laughs> when they're saying, oh, they preach a prosperity, prosperity gospel. All right, thank you. They, I see the fire and I'm running towards it. They, they, Holy Spirit, power gospel. Thank you. Now, I know which directions to run towards. I like running towards. So let me, let me explain why, why, why political. Why do we engage in political? Why, why do we engage? In, anyone? Why? I don't know. No, 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 I know. Okay. Uh, how, how, how many people, how many people are, uh, are familiar with that symphony that came out of Somalia? Anybody? Exactly. Uh, how many people know the comedian that came out of North Korea? Because nations, nations who struggle, the, the, the daily battle is for them to survive. Nations that are oppressed, nations that are gripped with poverty. And wherever you see poverty with the people, you'll always find corruption in the government. When, 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 when you travel to Africa and you travel to some of the, the, the regions and the nations in Africa, you'll find that, that the, the corruption in the government is always at the expense of the people. And you don't find songs, you don't find art, you don't find literature, you don't, there's no freedom, there's no innovation. In Genesis 1 verse 28, God, God blessed man and he said to man, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue and exercise dominion over the fish of the sea, over the beasts of the field and over the birds of the air. So we know, we know Noah built an ark and we know that, that Solomon had boats that went to Ophir and brought gold and brought all kinds of spices and, and exotic things back to, to Jerusalem because of the ships that, that, that sailed from Tarshish, that sailed from Tel Aviv and, and that would go all over the world. We know that Jesus crossed the Sea of Galilee in a boat. They were able to throw the net in and draw fish. That man has been able to conquer the seas. He can't, he can't hold his breath like a fish. He can't swim like a fish. But even though he can't walk on water, although Jesus did, he, he's been able to create vessels where we can, we can go anywhere we like above the water, under the water, through submarines, and we've been able to extract all kinds of minerals and resources so you can check that one off. The, 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 the terra firma, there's, there's not a place in the world where man, man, we, we have a son who lives in Arizona. 
it is ridiculously hot. Last year was 124 degrees when we went to visit him in August. Why did we visit him in August? 124 degrees. What made it worse was I said yes to playing a round of golf with my brother-in-law. Why would I say yes to golf in 120? You've got to pray for your pastor more. That's what I put it down to. Someone wasn't praying. Somebody skipped out. Anyway, and so... But it's amazing because they have air-conditioned restaurants, air-conditioned malls. And I looked at the price of the homes around the, the, the golf course. They started at $5 million. I'm like, who spends $5 million to live in a hellish experience? <laughs> Is it one of the sales points? And uh, you'll notice it feels like hell <laughs> on earth. That's free. That's free. It comes with this $5 million. I mean, what the? But man, man has been able to conquer his environment. But it wasn't until 1906 where there was two brothers, Wilbur and Orville Wright, who at a place called Kitty Hawk in, in North Carolina discovered flight. They, they flew 114 feet and, and made it onto the page 17 of the, of the Kitty Hawk Gazette. And they said, you know, Wilbur and Orville Wright, they, they put this contraption together and it flew for about 114 feet, but they were quite derogatory. They said, well, if man was meant to fly, God would have given him wings. <laughs> Wilbur and Orville Wright, well, all they were doing is fulfilling a scripture that God put all the way back in the garden to Adam. He said, Adam, I want you to be fruitful. I want you to multiply. I want you to fill the earth. I want you to subdue. I want you to exercise dominion over the fish of the sea, over the beasts of the field, and over the birds of the air. You, God, it wasn't like they, they invented the law of lift. The law of lift, so we know gravity, but the law of lift had been on this planet for 6,000 years it was two young men who lived in a nation where there was freedom. They lived in a nation where they, they the, the, the battle every day was not just to survive. The battle every day was not just to dodge bullets, to stay alive. The battle, the ba they, they had the freedom because the Bible says when the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. When the wicked are in authority, the people groan. America, it was America, Mr. Otis, that invented the elevator. Before that, buildings didn't get any taller than three or four stories because of stairs. But when Mr. Otis invented the elevator, now we have 70, 80, 90, over 100-story buildings in our high-rises all throughout our skylines because of an American man able to invent. We're able to have homes in, in quite difficult climates like Arizona because Mr. Carrier invented a way where we can control, where we can cool the air, air conditioning. Did you know that America has more patents, more innovations, has more inventions than the rest of the world combined? It is not a coincidence. It's the fact that America is, is and sadly was, we've got to push back, the freest nation in the world. And that's why we weren't slaves. We were people that were free to in innovate, were free to invent. 
So the reason we get engaged is because I want you free. I want, I want our children to be free, and I want our children's children to grow up in freedom because there are inventions, there are innovations, there are creativity, there are expressions that God has put on the inside of them that we want them to bring forth. The second area that, that I run to, the second, the second mission, oh, the title of my message, forgive me, is God's missionaries. God's missionaries. And I, I chose it on purpose because when we think of missionaries, we think of these poor, broke, busted up, safari suit wearing people that get sent boxes of used tea bags and broken toys. Like it's just, it's a reality. I, anyway, it's just sad. Like missionaries. These are people that, that accept a mission. And God never gives you a mission that you can do. It's always a mission impossible. But Hollywood, Nick's, they steal everything. While the church sends their broken toys, hey, you know, I was going to throw out this teddy bear because he's missing an eye. But we thought, why don't we send it to the missionary kid? Poor little missionary kid, you know, he's got nightmares because he's got a, a teddy bear looking at him with one eye. You know, the dog chewed one of the arms off the doll. Don't throw it out. Send it to the missionary. These actually are things that happen, trust me, sadly. The mission, but Hollywood, bum, 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 ba-da-da, bum, 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 Tom Cruise, Mission Impossible. It's, it's so exciting. The, gr the greatest adventure is the God mission for your life. Can I just tell you, every single one of you are a missionary. You're a missionary first to your family, then to your community, then to your workplace, then to the world. You're a missionary. God has got a mission and an assignment. The first one is we want to bring freedom wherever we go. The second one is, is I want you to take permission, permission to prosper, prosperity. Once you accept the great commission, which is to go into all the world and make disciples, once you look at that, you realize, actually, that's going to cost me something. If I'm going to go into all the world and make disciples, teaching them to observe all things, okay, well, then we're going to have to get some resources. And the good news is that the original commission to go into all the world and be fruitful and multiply and fill it was given to Adam. So that was Adam in Genesis 1.28. In Genesis chapter 2, the very next chapter, the Bible says that God takes the man that he had formed and puts him in the garden, Eden, to tend and to keep it. And so Adam's like tending and keeping, but God told him about going out. So he's kind of, he's kind of, he's enjoying it. He's like, that's like nice. And like, what's this? Pineapple. Like he's, he's, it's awesome. Coconut. Like he's loving it. Like he's just, animals, zebra, you know, he's, you know, it's fun. And he's, he's there, but there's a restlessness because God told him to be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth. Well, the Bible says the river watered the garden, but the river went out of Eden and it split and became four river heads. The very first split, the very first one was what they called the Pishon. And, and the Pishon skirted the land of Havilah where there was gold. And the gold of that land was fine gold. In other words, God is saying, son, I want you to, to fill the earth. I gave you a mission and I gave you a mandate, but don't be afraid because I've already put all the gold, 
I've put all the resources, I've put all the provision, because I'm pro the vision that I've given you, I'm pro this mission, so I've put all that you need. Here's the problem, the church accepted a poverty mentality, which is nowhere in your Bible, and so we stepped back. The devil sold us a lie that we somehow think, well, you know, we just gotta be poor, and we just, you know, we, we, and so we just step back, and so the wicked go out there, and they get all the gold. The gold wasn't there for the wicked. The gold wasn't there for the wicked to build Planned Parenthoods to slaughter our babies. The gold wasn't in the ground for the wicked to build their strip clubs, for the wicked to build their gambling casinos and take people's money. The, the, the gold is in the ground for the righteous. The gold is in the ground for the sons and daughters of God. The Bible says in Deuteronomy 8.18, you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is He who gives you power to get wealth that you may establish His covenants in the earth. Give yourself permission to prosper. Give yourself permission to flourish. And it's, it's interesting because uh, the, the response there was a little underwhelming. And, and, and so I know that I'm hitting on something. Uh, how many people know the story of the prodigal son? The prodigal son. So the prodigal son, you know, he says to his father, give me my inheritance. And the dad's like, well, that's awkward. I'm still alive. He's like, well, as far as I'm concerned, you're dead. And, uh, and so the father, you know, is kind of God, good, handles the rejection, gives his son, divides his estate, calls his broker, takes out, gives it to his boy. His boy takes it to Vegas and just, mm, 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 mm. he just starts partying it up. He's got the, the penthouse suite. He's got all, you know, and while, he, while he's got money, all his friends are with him. They're all partying with him. You know, it's tigers. He wakes up in the morning and exotic animals and people he doesn't even know. But the Bible says there came a time where the money ran out. And when the money ran out, his friends ran out. So the Bible says he joins himself to a citizen of that country who sent him into his field to feed his pigs. And the Bible says as he's out there with the buckets, putting the pig slop in the trough, the Bible says he was so hungry that even the pig slop began to look delectable. The Bible says he began to covet the pig slop because he was so hungry, but nobody gave him anything. The world does not give. It takes. The world will take your virginity. It will take your purity. It will take your innocence. It will take your virtue. It will take your best years. The world does not give. Heaven gives. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. It's the heavens that give their rain into the earth. Heaven gives, the earth takes. And so, so, he, so the Bible says, when he looks at that, when he looks at the pig slop, the Bible says this, he came to himself and he said, how many of my father's hired servants in my father's house have bread enough and to spare? And here I am perishing with hunger. What did he say? He said, you know, in my father's house, I'm not talking about the sons, I'm just talking about the servants. Even the servants in my father's house have such prosperity that they have bread enough and to spare. I know what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna go back to my father's house and I'm gonna repent. I'm gonna say, my father, I am no longer worthy to be your son because of the disgrace and the shame that I've brought. Make me like one of your hired servants. 
And it was the prosperity. No wonder the devil doesn't want the church to have. No wonder the devil doesn't want the the servants in the house of God to have bread enough and to spare because he doesn't want the prodigals coming home. He wants the prodigals saying, man, I'm looking at pig slop. Maybe I just feed myself on the pig slop because there's nothing in the house. There's nothing in my father's house. We, the, the devil is a liar. We are determined that when people hear about awakened church, when people hear about the house of God, It's the house of miracles. It's the house of breakthrough. It's the house of prosperity. It's the house of increase. It's the house of flourishing. It's the house where the dreams and the promises of God come to pass. When when Leanne and I moved to New Zealand uh, after I finished Bible college, uh, it was so funny. We were sitting in church and we uh, we had this prophet come, this guy from South Africa. Pastor Ed Trout was his name. And, uh, and he had a thick South African accent and he pointed me out and he said, you, you, sir, stand up. Yes, you, looking around. I said, oh, me. Yes, yes, I'm looking at you. And so I stand up. And he goes, um, he goes, who's that next to you? I said, oh, that's, that's, my, that's my wife. That, stand up, missus. And he goes, um, you're pregnant, darling. And she goes, oh, no, 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 you know, um, we've got a five-year plan. He goes, oh, okay. He says, um, <laughs> we'd only been married like two years. And we've got a five-year plan. And then I realized five-year plans and the anointing, the anointing wins. And so anyway, he starts prophesying. He says, you know, I see you under incredible pressure. I see you under incredible pressure needing things to be supplied. And then he looks at, at Leanne. He starts reading my mouth. He says, and don't worry, darling. You know, he's, he's always been a wild man. Don't try and tame him. Don't try and tame him. God made him that way. And then he, say, he goes, are you sure you're not pregnant? She's like, I'm not pregnant. You know, he's right. And, uh, and so he goes, I, I don't know where you live right now. He says, but the Lord would say, because of your obedience, he's going to pay your school fees. I, don't, I see you needing a home to be supplied. God is going to provide you with, are you sure you're not pregnant, darling? And Leanne's like, for the fifth time, no. And he goes, all right. He goes, I see you in a home and I see you holding a baby. And sure enough, we go, you know, and get a pregnancy test and Leanne's six weeks pregnant. Because six weeks earlier, somebody didn't. Anyway. So we took that word because now she's pregnant and the place that we were living in, the, 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 the lease was, was coming up. And so... All of a sudden, I'm under pressure. My dad disowned me when I went to Bible college, and he was still in the, in the disowning of me chapter because I left engineering to go to become a priest. I'm trying to explain to him, Dad, I'm not a priest. I married Leanne, priest. And, but he didn't, you know, because all his friends gave him a heart. Oh, honey, your son's a priest. I'm like, he's, I'm not. Anyway, I can't explain it to him, but he's just mad. He's just mad. And so when, when my earthly father stepped out, my heavenly father stepped in. There's a God who blesses obedience. It's a true story. So I, I get Leanne in the car and we start driving around uh, Otara. And Otara is a place you don't want to live unless you like gangs and violence. Unless, you, like, we live, we live not far from Otara when we're renting and my underwear got stolen off the clothesline. <laughs> when the neighborhood's stealing your underwear... You know it's not a great neighborhood. And so, so we're driving through Otara, and there's like, you know, graffiti and broken windows and kind of gangs, you know, out there and, you know, like this and, and yo, and, you know, 
the, the rap music, anyway, and so, and there's like broken down cars and, and you know, I'm, I'm kind of looking for, you know, something that's livable. And Leah's like, what are we doing here? I said, babe, I'm trying to find you a home. She goes, I don't want to live here. I'm like, well, neither do I, but like it's the cheapest to buy a home. She goes, I want to live in Waddle Downs. I'm like, we can't afford Waddle Downs. She goes, we can't afford this. Besides, I thought you said God was supplying. I hate it when she's right. I knew I married Miss Wright. I didn't realize her first name was always. So we turned the car around. I thought, she's right. So we drive into Waddle Downs. Waddle Downs was a plush neighborhood, really nice neighborhood. And so we, and we got the, back then it was a cassette tape. We had the cassette tape just playing the, the prophecy. I don't know where you live right now, but I see you're under intense pressure. God's going to supply. And so I would just play it over and over and over. And then we're driving through. And we're like, I can't just drive through. Like, like I got to, and I just felt this unction. We got to get out. So we parked the car. And so uh, I said, which homes do you like? She goes, I love that one. So I, I run over. And in, in Australia, every house has a mailbox in front of the house. So I run over and I lay hands on the mailbox and I'm like, I claim this house. In oh, hello. Um, no, you don't have any mail. God bless you. you know, and it was like awkward. And so we're laying hands on people's letterboxes. I felt like this, this, this spiritual faith thief. Like if you had any idea what I'm praying for right now, you'd have a gump, you know, but... So we're laying hands on, on people's mailboxes, letterboxes, you know, claiming homes. And this is going on for, for a few weeks. And then I get called in by the associate pastor. The associate pastor calls me in and he says, sit down. And I sit down. He goes, I'm, he goes, he was jealous. He said, uh, one of the youth leaders told me that you and Leanna are believing that God's going to give you a home. I said, yes, sir. He goes, have you got a deposit? I said, no, sir, not a cent. He goes, all right. So he goes, how are you going to get the home? I said, oh, God. He said, really? So he, he, he was the, the business manager at the church. So he, he kind of hit on speed. He had all the banks on speed dial. So he rings one of the, the banks in National Bank. And uh, this is National Bank. He says, oh, yeah, look, I'm sitting here with my youth pastor. And how much do you earn? 18000 He earns $18,000 a year. Would you give him a mortgage? Oh, not in this economy. Okay. You know, so he goes through all the banks. One bank, God bless one bank. One bank said they would loan us up to $40,000. I said, um, uh, I want a house, not a car. And so he said, so just, just put that thought to bed. The house that you're renting, the house that you're renting. And, and I just knew it was, he had a you know, wrong spirit. And I said, okay, yeah, you can blow it out your shorts. Because God told me that he's given me a house. God's told me, God told me. So anyway. So the next, day, the, next, the next day after this, sometimes you've got to go through some battles. The next day after this, Leanne, Leanne calls me. She goes, oh, my God, oh, my God, you're not going to believe it. I was at the shopping center doing the grocery shopping, and I ran into Joan. Joan was on my ushers and deacons team, and Joan was like 83 or something, but she was a sweetheart, and she would turn up early, and she would make sure our newsletters were folded, and she would you know, pick up stuff afterwards. She was just a sweetheart, faithful. And she goes, I ran into Joan, and Joan said, oh, you know, where are you living? She says, well, you know, our lease is coming to an end, and we're looking at Waddle Down. She goes, Waddle Down? She goes, my daughter is selling her home in Waddle. Why didn't you buy that? And I was like, oh, babe, I think this could be the Lord. I'm like, babe, this is the Lord. So, you know, we, we, you know, we, 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 we drive down, have a look at it, and it was a little bit of a derelict 
campaign kind of, okay. And there was literally an engine that had been overgrown with grass in the front. Someone left an engine and the grass was, and you know, it, was, it wasn't pretty. And, but it was a home in Waddle Downs in a cul-de-sac right with, with kind of views of the Manukau Harbour of the water. And, um, you know, Leanne's pregnant and it's got a little playground. I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is incredible. This is incredible. And so, um, you know, we get home and, and, and that night I'm tossing and turning. And then the Lord said to me, he goes, Jürgen, praise me for the house I've given you. And I'm like, God, I would love to. Un poquito problema. Hey, uh, probably a little ahead of yourself, aren't you? You're probably excited, aren't God, you know, I've got to give you some slack. You can't always be on. I said, just one problem, God. <laughs> you, you haven't given it to us yet. And then God said to me, just because you don't see it doesn't mean I haven't released it. He said, get in the car, go down to Waddle Downs and praise me for the house I've given you. It's about 11 o'clock at night. And because of my jack wagonry, God doubles down and says, and wake your wife up and take her with you. True story. So I'm like, babe, she's like, oh, what, what is it? What is it? I said, honey, um, God told me to tell you that we have to drive to Waddle Downs and um, praise Him for the house that He's given us that we haven't yet seen. And she's like, have you been drinking? I'm like, no. I'm an Assemblies of God minister. We signed an affidavit, no alcohol. True story. Didn't drink a lick back then. And so she's, so I get her in the car. She's got a little, you know, got a little um, dressing robe on, you know, with a little, you know, belly. And then Lulu, our dog, wants to just, so we thought, well, what, what, what harm? We'll throw Lulu in. So we get Lulu in and, 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 and we, drive, we kind of drive down and we pull up in front of kind of our house and the next door neighbor's house. And, and uh, we're sitting, it's a little awkward, you know, you turn the car off and it's kind of silent for a moment. And then I thought, well, I'm the husband, I should lead Pastor Jesse. So I'm like, you know, praise you, Jesus, for the house that I can't, obviously, can't see, but you've, I know you've, you said that even though I can't, like, where the, you know, you've, and the Holy Spirit's like, just pray in tongues. He goes, louder. And then he goes, and get Leander. I said, baby, you've got to pray. And then he says, get out of the car. I'm like, I'm going to get He goes, get out of the car. I'm like, I don't want to get, get out of the car and go and stand in the middle of the lawn. So I said, babe, God says we have to get out of the car. She goes, I feel like an idiot. I said, babe, you're following one. I said, we got to get out of the. It's a true story. True story. We, we get out of the car. She's pregnant. She's like eight months pregnant. And, and we get out of the car. And, we, and then Lulu jumps out through the window. And there's a cat. And Lulu starts chasing the cat round and round. This cat's going. So boom, 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 the spotlights come on. And I'm holding Liani's hand and the Holy Spirit's like, pray in tongues loud. So I'm like, in somebody's front lawn, Lulu's chasing their cat 
all the spotlights come on and the front door opens and this guy comes out and he's rubbing his eyes because there's this idiot holding his wife who's eight months pregnant in a bathrobe's hand on the front lawn and Lulu decides she's going to leave the cat and come and sit right next to us and squat and fertilize his lawn. And I'm like, I wanted to apologize and the Holy Spirit said, keep praying. So I'm looking at this guy who's looking at us in bewilderment. We're going, and my wife is like giving me the look like I'm gonna divorce you or kill you or both. And so we get in the car and Leanne goes, oh dear God, I've never been so embarrassed in my life. The next day, the next day I drive to, to Waddle Downs and God says, go to that house and lay hands on the mailbox. So I checked to see if that anyone was home. It looked like they were all at work. So I lay hand. And as soon as I put my hands on the, on the mailbox, as soon as I put my hands on the mailbox, a scripture came to me. The wealth of the sinner is stored up for the righteous. And I was about to say, and I said, Holy Spirit, stop it. You know that this is Joni's daughter's house. Someone's obviously renting, but this is Joni's daughter. I'm not praying. Give me a different scripture. So I went back and I put my hands on like this, and it came a second time. The wealth of the I'm like, Holy Spirit, you stop. I'm going to give you one more. Right, ready? Different scripture this time. Wealth of the I'm all oh, right, right. But I felt the anointing. I'm like, God, like, he's like, just pray the scripture. So I'm like, under my breath, the wealth of the sinner is stored up for the righteous. The wealth of the sinner is stored up for the righteous. What I didn't know was that Joni's daughter and her husband had moved to England. He'd got headhunted by this really big company. And so they moved to England. And uh, he got like a corner office suite, a big raise, a promotion, a company car. And part of his, his job was he had to travel. And so, you know, I'm not sure, maybe he wasn't that organized, but he would take his secretary with him when he traveled. And I guess they so just, you know, on a tight budget, you know, they just be in one hotel room. And so he's over there in England with his secretary having a little bit of crumpet. Oh, I'm saying. He's out there. No, I'm tra baby, I'm traveling for work, aren't I? Traveling for work, baby. I'll call you later. How you doing, Cheryl? I mean, I'm not sure what her name was. And he, ha he has, he's 10,000 miles away. Thinking, I've got me wife and I've got me secretary on the side. Look, look at me. He has no idea that there's this 24-year-old idiot laying hands on his mailbox prophesying that the wealth of the sinner last time I checked adultery is one of them the wealth of the sinner is stored up for the righteous he comes back and uh, to sell the home because you know his wife saw I don't know lipstick on the collar or something 
And so she's done his infidelity. She wants a divorce. It's a divorce. So he comes back, but, but Joni tells him that, oh, it's all right. I've already sold it. Yeah, there's this young couple. So he instead parties with his friends for three days, thinking that it's sold. So I meet him at the property. And he's like, yeah, yeah, you know, the house back then was worth $200,000. I'm like, yeah. And he's like, well, what's the matter? I said, oh, we, we, we don't have, I didn't want to say any money. I just said, we don't have 200,000? He goes, well, well, how much can you afford? None of the banks. I thought, I can't. So I just made up a number. I said like, a hundred and eight thousand and he just throws his phone what the beep 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 starts telling me things about my mother that I know weren't true and gets in the car and just drives off but it was a, it was a Friday and he was flying back to England on this on the Sunday and so Joni calls me on the Saturday and says listen I don't know what you said but you riled him up and and he's been calling agents and they're like, we can't sell it in 24 hours. If you got an offer, I'd take it. So we got it for 108,000. For 108,000 dollars, we, we, we got the house. It's worth 200. But we had to pay for it. That was the other problem. So I've got to finish the story because time. So I go, I put on my best suit and I go to Auckland Savings Bank and I show them the equity and they're like, yeah, but you need a deposit. Equity. And they said, well, let's have a look at how much you earn. And they're like, even, even at 108,000, you are not in the threshold where one third of your, your salary can make the mortgage payments. He says, but don't worry, there are three mortgage insurance companies in, and the, the bank manager really liked me. I just had favor with him. I just felt the favor. He goes, don't worry. You know, if one of these three, which is, you know, one of the three mortgage insurance companies insures you, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll sign off on it. So, you know, I'm kind of restless. Well, Joni calls Leanne and says, honey, you know, if your lease is up, why don't you just move in? Well, Leanne moves in and she sees the, so she starts ripping up the carpet. She starts tearing down the wallpaper. I mean, it looks like a demolition site because she's, I don't want, and she's ripping it because she's got a mum and she's got a baby coming. And so she's ripping everything up. And so then on the Monday, you know, I get a phone call from the bank. It's like, oh yeah, sorry, the, the first, but don't worry, there's two more, there's two more. They rejected, there's two more. He goes, you know, I, tomorrow at four o'clock, I'll call you the second one. Hopefully, so Tuesday, four o'clock, get a phone call. No, the second one, no, sorry about that. But don't worry, don't worry, tomorrow, tomorrow, you know, these guys are a little more flexible. I think I can get them across the line. Uh, you just don't earn enough. That's a, you sure there's no, I said, there's no other earnings. My dad just okay. Uh, it's just tomorrow at four o'clock. So I go to bed that night, but I can't sleep. I can't sleep. I can't sleep because my wife has trashed the house. And, and Jordan, in fact, Jordan was just born. He, my eldest son was just born. That's right. That's why Leanne's trying to get it all sanitized because we got this brand new baby. And I can't sleep. I can't sleep. And then the Holy Spirit tells me about two or three in the morning, He says, they're going to reject you. And I'm like, no, la, 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 la. no, 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 Holy, no, 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 you can't, you can't. No, 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 you, you, just, you just got to fix it. You just got to do your, 
your God, you just do your, do your God thing. Do just whatever, whatever, just fix it. You can't, no, no. And he's like, they're gonna reject you. You're gonna get the third no. And so I can't sleep. So I get up and I go down to the Manukau Harbor and I'm crying out to God, pleading with God, please, you gotta fix it. This can't happen. God, I've got a brand new baby and, and you know, we've moved in. No, God, you gotta just move on their hearts, change everything. And as I'm praying out to God, it was a stormy, blustery. Jordan was born on the 13th of July, which is winter down under. And it was, it was this blistering cold wind and the waves on the harbor were, were white caps. And I look out and I see a boat as I'm praying. I see this boat and I'm thinking, what kind of idiot is in a boat at 3.45 in the morning with, with those waves? And then as I'm looking, I see a man walking on the water going up and down over the waves towards the boat and I'm watching it and then I see him stop and I see him go like this and then I see a guy in the boat get out of the boat and begin to walk towards the man and then I see him stop and I see him start to go under and then I see the man who went like that run and grab his hand and pull him up and then I see the two of them walk together and get into the boat and then I realized it was a vision and God said to me these words he said Jürgen even if your faith fails I'm there to pick you up even if your faith fails I'm there to pick you up I felt like what God had asked me to believe for I didn't have any faith left in the tank I knew the story that Peter looking around begins to sink and Jesus grabs him why did you doubt but I never saw it I never knew that they walked back they had to walk back however far Peter walked out they had to walk back and get in the boat I never saw that and God said to me even if you're the next day we get the phone call the 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 um, bank manager says I'm so sorry the bank cannot give you a, a mortgage you need $16,000 for a deposit that's the only way they can give you a mortgage so I hang up the phone and the integrity, you got to, I needed to call the owner. So I called Joni and I said, Joni, this is what happened. She goes, listen, you need to talk to my husband. She puts the husband on and he was an atheist. Joni came to church because he fought in World War II. And because of all the atrocities he saw in World War II, he just couldn't believe that, that a good God could allow the things that he saw. And so he was just really gruff. He goes, what happened? And I said, what about the other? I said, all three. All right, come over. So I drive around, I feel so embarrassed. As I'm driving there, I hear Jesus say, watch what I'm about to do. I'm like, oh God, I feel like an idiot. He's like, watch what I'm about. I pull up at the house, I get out, I'm so embarrassed, ring the doorbell. He answers the door, come in, son. And so I come in, I sit down and go, so what's going on? And I said, well, you know, um, we don't, you don't have any money. How could you buy a house if you don't have any money? I'm like, because I'm an idiot. I just, you know, I don't. And, uh, and then he's like, well, you know, you probably have to move out. I said, well, my wife's already tore up the carpet so, and, and the wallpaper and we're going to have to probably pay, pay for debt. She's, what? I said, yeah, you know, because we got a little baby. And he goes, a little baby? I said, yeah. He goes, wait here. And then Joni comes out. She goes, you want some lemonade? I'm like, dear Jesus. It's like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. And uh, anyway, he goes off down the hall and then I just hear a door slam and he comes out and he's got a shoebox this big and he sits down and he goes how much did you say you were short and I said oh you know the bank said 
that, you know, we need $16,000, but we only make 18,000 in a year. And then he leans forward and he chokes up and he starts to cry. And he said, points to Joan, he says, when mum and I moved here from England 45 years ago, she was pregnant with our firstborn. And I made friends with a, with a guy who built homes and every home that he built, they give him a commission. He took the commission from one of those homes and gave it to mum and I so we could buy this house. And then tears start coursing down his cheeks and he looks at me and says, and all my life, I've been waiting to do that for somebody else. He said, how much did you say you needed? I should have said one million, no, but I didn't. I was just, the annoyance had to be truthful. I said 16th, true story. He takes the lid off the box, takes the lid off the box and he starts 10 $100 bills, 1,000, 10, what, 2,000 to 16,000. He takes the rest out. They were all in socks. It was all in socks. He kept them in his socks. And he puts the, the 16,000 back in the box and he pushes the box over the table. He goes, go get your home, son. The next day I turn up at the bank. Pull up. Come on, let's stand to our feet. Let's stand to our feet. I'll have to preach point three another time. There's, a, there's, a, there's an anointing here, and I know the ministry team are going to come. Why, 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 why did God take me through that? He showed me that He is your, your heavenly Father. He's a good, good Father. David said this, if my earthly father forsakes me, the Lord will take care of me. I know that God takes care. If you are in a breakthrough for a miracle, especially financial, tonight is a freedom night. If you need a financial freedom, if you need financial breakthrough, maybe it's debt cancellation, maybe it's property. Listen, if you're renting right now, God bless you. That is a good thing, but that's not the end. God wants you to go from having a landlord to you being Lord over a piece of land. Tonight, there's an anointing here from what I just preached, faith on the inside of you that God can make a way. We didn't have a nickel. We didn't have any deposit. We just had a word from God. And what God did was He just saw our obedience and He saw our faith. If you say, if you get a word from God, can I tell you, you don't need banks and you don't need favorable circumstances and you don't need a robust economy and you don't need any man, God will provide. God, every step of the way, will hold your hand. So would you do this? I'm gonna, in a moment, we're gonna have the ministry team come forward, but I wanna pray for people to have a miracle tonight. But the greatest miracle is if you've never surrendered to Jesus, friend, tonight, give your life to Jesus Christ. Give your life to Jesus Christ. Why would I do that? Because I'm telling you, I'm 55 years of age. When I was 18, I tried for 18 years, every drug, every trip, every binge, every pub, club, nightclub, dance, used people, and I was empty. And all I found was whatever I used, if I used this, it was gone. If I used girls, sadly, I left a hole. But when I was 18, I gave my life to Christ. I didn't grow up with religion, so I didn't know 
that the two were somehow connected. I just knew what Jesus did for me on the, on the beach that day. So in this house, we don't want to make you religious. In this house, we want to make you saved. In this house, we want to make you a child of God. In this house, we want you to experience the goodness of God. In 37 years of following God, listen, if I had 100 lives to live, 100 lives that could do anything, I would give all 100 to Jesus. I wouldn't say, well, I'll give 99, but this little guy over here, he's going to part. No, no, I'd give all... I'd give all a hundred to Jesus because I've discovered there is no greater life. There is no greater life. To, to go to sleep at night knowing that somebody watches over you. Somebody loves you more than you love yourself. Somebody's there in your high times and in your low times. When you walk through the valley where you feel the shadow of death, you can fear no evil because you'll be like David and you say, because God is with me. His rod and staff will comfort you. He leads you through your dark times. He brings breakthrough. He brings provision. He's a God of the miraculous. He's the God of the supernatural. There's nobody like Him. If you've never surrendered to Jesus, friend, do that tonight. But we're going to open the altars tonight. If you need prayer for healing, if you need prayer for deliverance, if you need prayer for forgiveness, if you need prayer for breakthrough, specifically financial breakthrough, there's an anointing on this house. Lift your hands to high to heaven. Father, I pray for hearts and lives tonight to draw near to you. I thank you tonight that you not only, not only love these people, but you hung on a cross to break the power of sin, to break the grip of the devil, to destroy the works of the evil one so that every single one of these people could find freedom, could find life, could prosper, could flourish, to live their very, very best life. I break the chains of slavery, of addiction, of poverty, of debt. I cancel debts in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you for deliverance from those who have been in an endless debt cycle and rent cycle, unable to break free. I declare freedom tonight. I declare people buying homes. I declare people buying condos. I declare people even flourishing and buying investment properties. You are the head and not the tail, above only and not beneath. Father, bless these beautiful people tonight. In Jesus' name, everybody shouted, amen. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.